everyone. Welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA. Thank you for joining me again. This week, um, I was really pleased to have an interview with uh, Eunice Kufwalo from the Marie Stopes organization here in Ghana. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Marie Stopes, it's an, it's an international organization, um, which the beginnings were a little bit controversial, um, but I'm, I'll go into it um, at another time. I don't want to sort of um, overshadow what Eunice had to tell me because she had a lot of interesting things to say about, you know, reproductive care and also about our education about it here in Ghana and which I'm sure translates to a lot of other places as well. So without further ado, here's the interview. Enjoy. Okay, so this morning I'm here with Eunice Kofualo of Marie Stopes, Accra. And welcome to our show. Thank you. So how long have you worked with Marie Stopes? So my work with Marie Stopes started um, in 2014. I came in as an intern. Then I kept coming because working on reproductive health issues happened to be my passion. So for me, it was basically to provide young people with information on sexual and reproductive health. And I've been with Maristop since. Yes. That's fantastic. Now, can you tell us a bit about Marie Stopes and what the organization does here in Ghana? Okay. So when we talk about Marie Stopes, we are the leaders in family planning. So we provide a whole range of sexual and reproductive health services. So we talk of family planning, we talk about fertility issues, STI management, we do comprehensive abortion care as well. We do advocacy, we do a lot more work with young people as well. Okay, so I'm gonna break down what you were talking about a bit. Now, with family planning, now, is this more for people who are just getting married, getting into relationships, or are you starting younger so that people are aware of their bodies and how it works? And, you know, so can you uh, tell me a bit more? All right. So for family planning, we always say it's for anyone who is sexually active. So if you are sexually active, you should be on a method because you want to prevent an unplanned pregnancy. And then for that, so that would be for the younger, younger um, people, for young people. Then for married women, would want to talk about spacing. Want to talk about spacing because it's very dangerous. If you give birth, then in a short while you are pregnant, it's very disturbing. And for the woman's health, it, it really has very, very grave effects on you. So for married women, yes, it's about spacing. And then. The, the 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 number of mouths you can feed actually looking at the economy in which we are Absolutely. in yes you'd want to really plan your your children you might want to know am i really ready to have another child 
am I capable of taking care of another child? So these are all the things you need to consider when it comes to family planning. And now, do you get the men involved in family planning? Because they are the other half, and yes. we normally forget about talking about them. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we, we, we have a whole session on male involvement. Okay. Good. Because we, well, so we know sometimes men can be selfish. So if whatever it is does not concern them, they wouldn't really want to buy into it. Right. So we want to also involve the men, shift the perception from the woman's side mm -hmm. to the man's side. Mm -hmm. So what does it benefit a man right. if his wife is on family planning? Yes. So that's the question we throw out there. So we begin to bring out the economical aspects of it. So if my wife is on family planning, how does it benefit me economically? Mm -hmm. Looking at all the things I have to buy, looking at the fees I have to pay, looking at my business. Yes. So if my wife is spacing, if we are spacing birth, let's say in five years, what do I stand to gain? At least I can save some money and maybe reinvest into my business. My business can grow whilst we wait for another child to come. Yeah. But if my wife has a baby now, then in the next year, she's pregnant again. Mm -hmm. That puts that a lot travel. of pressure mm -hmm. on you as a man. Yeah. So we've now, so in our conversations, we shift the conversations to the men. Okay. How does it benefit the man? So if the man sees the benefits he reaps, mm -hmm. then he will encourage his wife to go for a method. So, okay. But the sad thing is, so you have to approach the men with the economic side. Not only the economic yeah. side, but then even looking at, even looking at where you live, where you stay, mm -hmm. even the room you share. Mm -hmm. yes, so would you want people to... people here share a room. They yes. don't have entire homes or apartments to themselves. Definitely. Yeah. So, and even when it comes to um, having intimacy with your partner, mm -hmm. Because wow. yes, the, the moment you give birth, the moment you give birth, the woman has to wait for six weeks yes. before you can have any sexual relations. Yes. But then, and then, okay, so practically, maybe for like two years, you might not really have yes. enjoy your wife the way you'd want to. Mm -hmm. Because maybe if after after six weeks you are okay to now go in, then you are ready. Everything we are all on heat, everything yes. is on fire. Yes. Then the moment you want to make a move, this baby starts crying in the background. Uh-huh. You have to so the woman goes, okay, wait, let me take care of this baby first. Exactly. Then by the time she's done, and if you have a stubborn child, mm -hmm. might want to suck for like an hour. Yeah. By that time, everything is gone back uh, to normal. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you put it. <laughs> So gentlemen listening in, okay, you, <laughs> you see why it's important to be part of the family planning movement here. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, now we, we've done the family planning, so now talk to me about contraception. How do you talk to people about it? Um, do, are you reaching out to schools? Are you... Or are you just dealing with um, separate communities or go to individual families? How are you guys approaching this? All right. So in the past, uh, Marriage Thobes, we focused on um, young people between the ages of 20 and 24. But then as the years went by, we realized that it is not really an issue for a 20-year-old, a 24-year-old to just walk into the clinic mm -hmm. to talk, like, to request for a method. Okay. But then 
we look at this other category of young people who are between the ages of 15 and 19. Mm-hmm. And I always say, this group of people, no one expects them to have sex. But they're doing it. Yes. So they can't comfortably or confidently Go walk on. into the facility. Mm-hmm. Because the nurse sitting there is already your mother's age. Mm-hmm. And she has a daughter like you at home. Right. And her daughter might not be indulging in sexual activities. But then see you a 15-year-old walking towards her for family planning is very difficult. So we realized we had to shift our focus to this group, mm-hmm. this target group. So we do a lot of school engagements. So the, when it comes to young people, we, we have trained facilities in youth-friendly services how to receive these young ones when they come because they are sexually active. Exactly. They are having sex They're anyway. So we need to put structures in place to help them and to support them. Yes. So we train facilities on how to provide youth-friendly services. Then in, in, in that training, we tell them about how to use the human-centered design. Mm-hmm. That is positioning the contraceptive method as a tool mm-hmm. for the young person to reach her goal. Okay. Because for the young person, the moment she becomes pregnant, her dreams are shattered. Exactly. That is the only thing that takes her future away from her. Mm-hmm. So if she's able to protect herself from unplanned pregnancy, then she can be anything she wants to be in future. Mm-hmm. So for us, we present that. So we put in we put in the contraceptive method as a catalyst to her future, the, the, the future she dreams of, right. the career she dreams of being, and how she, she sees herself in the next 10, 15 years. Okay, so if you are sexually active, so first we talk about abstinence. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, looking at demographics, we know there are some who are abstaining. Right. So we also want to talk, for those who are abstaining, what do they do? Mm-hmm. So we give them that information. Mm-hmm. For those who can't abstain and won't abstain, then this is contraception Mm -hmm. for you. So we give them the whole range of services. So looking at what you want to do in life, what you want to do in the next five years, in the next three years, in the next 10, 15 years, how does does this help you Mm -hmm. to be the fashion designer you want to be? How does contraception help you to be the doctor you want to be? How does it help to be the engineer, to Mm -hmm. be the, 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 all the things you just want to see yourself in in the future? How does it help? So if you choose a method, then okay, so I'm, I'm protecting myself from pregnancy for the next five years mm-hmm. because I want to learn this trade and have my shop in the next five years. Exactly. Then I can think about making children. So for young people, we present to them, we talk to them about contraceptives using the human-centered design mm-hmm. where we shift the method from, we shift the focus from the method to you, the individual. How does this help you? And it works a lot, and it had worked for us. This was implemented. We started implementing this last year, and we've seen yes, and we've seen the change across all our channels. We see the number of adolescents or young people on contraception go high. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And now, do you find that the young boys are also, or the young men, are engaged? Or this is really falling on the women? Yeah, the young men, we engage them a lot. Mm. You know, in, in time past, you wouldn't want to talk to a man because we've all, we've all thought or we've all said to ourselves one way or the other, this is a woman's thing. Mm-hmm. Family planning is a woman's thing. Childbirth is a woman's thing. 
So you see this um, when even a man accompanies his wife to the facility. It doesn't even come in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. because it is a woman's thing, gentlemen, you have a seat outside. When we are done with your wife, mm-hmm. then you can take your wife home. I force my husband to come into my doctor's appointments because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're both going through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, and yeah. we don't have that. It's just yeah. a few men you see accompany yes. their wives. Yeah. So, in this, and these are all part of our training schedule, our training sessions. Mm-hmm. So we teach them on, or we we train them on how to involve men. Mm-hmm. So aside telling them about the benefits of 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 family planning, like the benefits as a man you you gain. Right. We also talk to them about, you know, we making the place friendly for, for the man to come in. So we, we go like, if a man is, if a man is told what a woman goes through when she becomes pregnant, women, men will be more supportive in the home. Definitely. But because we always think it's a woman's thing, we don't involve our men. And then if a man should walk in into your facility and you're able to give him some tidbits on mm-hmm. how he can manage his sexual life. Yeah. You talk to him about some of the cancers out there that concerns them, like prostate cancer mm-hmm. and all these things. You know, they feel like, okay, anytime I go to the clinic with my I wife, can also talk I can about also this. talk about my issue with them. Mm-hmm. We both gain. So every single time, the man who wants to go, and you should see a man who has information in that area. Mm-hmm. He's the champion amongst <laughs> his colleagues. Yeah. So he always wants to go get some information that from, he can even share. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So anytime they meet as men, mm-hmm. he has stuff to say because obviously if men meet, well maybe for the first few minutes they might want to talk about business, but the rest of the conversation is definitely about women. women. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's true. It's so true. That's really encouraging to hear that the program is going well. And so now, for example, for somebody, if I'm a young person, I want, um, you know, contraceptives. I come to one of your facilities and... So I have to speak to a nurse or a doctor and then do you guys provide them on site or you give a prescription and they... Okay, so for Maristos, we operate clinics. Okay. Yes, and then we know that we can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we partner with private providers. Okay. So we partner with private clinics and we call that our Blue Star Network. Mm-hmm. So we train them and then we provide them all the necessary skills and all they need to provide services like we do in our clinics and our our clinics are not like the typical clinic you go to so we don't even call them clinics we call them centers okay because the moment you walk in the setting is not like a clinic Mm -hmm. setting so we have a receptionist we have a a waiting area then we have our consultation Mm -hmm. rooms and it's a lovely place so the moment you enter you don't we demystify exactly because the hospitals is particularly here are stressful definitely so we made the environment very conducive for you so when you come you are seated you have the telly out there Mm -hmm. you have some magazines so you just sit and you talk to the receptionist when it's your turn so we do all these then we also try and train our blue star facilities to also do same so we have the quality of service provided there at least if you can't get any marriage stops clinic then at least you can trust a blue star to do like we do so we have outreach services as well so we have our outreach team they go into the hard to reach areas oh fantastic yes and they provide services on site 
in a Ghana Health Service Clinic. Okay. Yeah, so it's a partnership between Milestones and Ghana Health Service. Mm-hmm. So we do that. So we work with Ghana Health Service a lot. Because you can't do this no, if no, you don't no, have you a government. Need, you need. Okay, yes. since you brought the government in, that was one of my questions. Do you find that the government in Ghana is receptive to what you guys are doing? Or are they a hindrance at times? Do you well, the workload is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And you know, even we can't have clinics. And it's rather unfortunate we don't have clinics everywhere so even they had to introduce this chips compound mm. so that's a smaller clinic, clinic. Okay. yes in some of these hard to reach areas yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then looking at the the population of women and all that of course you always need support yeah from elsewhere because there are times when you introduce certain programs it really gives your it really gives you a boost mm-hmm. in whatever you are doing and that is what my stops is for so we support government to boost like to see the the bright picture we all want to we all want to get to so we partner with Ghana Health Service a lot Good. a lot and on and, and on so many programs so we had our, our three we have our 3M consortium we've partnered with them on our one Ghana project we call it Family Planning Plus, mm-hmm. where we had to subs- where we subsidize the any method um, to one city. So you walk oh, wow. into uh, any Ghana health one service. One city, yes. that's amazing. Yes. So for um, just to for my American listeners or international listeners, um, one city you're looking at it's um, nineteen cents for yes. contraceptive, and yes. we all know, at least in the states, there is nothing you can touch for nineteen yes. cents. Yes, in, in as far as contraception goes, that's amazing. Yes. Okay. So with that, you get because we we realize that cost is a barrier. Very much. Yeah, you go to certain communities and they can't they can't pay for for their service. Mm-hmm. So they have four, five, six children. And you ask, why are you not on a method? Mm-hmm. And they can't, they simply can't afford. So we did that in, 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 in with Gamma Health Service because we had to provide them with the funds to do activities, to give out information so we can have these women come up. And there are times for, for our archery teams, the services are actually for free. Mm-hmm. You don't pay anything. That's wonderful. For, yes, That's wonderful. We don't pay anything for our shoes, and there are times we organize programs, and we still provide services for free. Yes, looking at the the community, yes, we provide mostly on outreach. We don't we don't charge anything for services, family planning services we provide. Wow, that's really encouraging to hear. So, since you guys are providing services for free a lot of times. Um, how do you guys stay funded? So for funding, you know, for NGOs, you always have these donors coming in. So our project team always put our proposals. Mm-hmm. So we do get funding for mm-hmm. some of these things. So it's identifying the need, the need, and then putting out a proposal mm-hmm. for that. So if so, for the Wangana, we had all other stakeholders coming on board like population council we have um, willows coming in so we had is a partnership mm-hmm. so we had 
it, all these organizations coming together to make this a reality. And we know recently in the States, a lot of funding that went to international organizations um, for reproductive health was stopped um, because, on, because of conservative views towards um, abortion. Yeah. Has that affected you guys? Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. yes. So the fact that um, you provide safe abortion services definitely the gargoyle yeah. will, will definitely affect you. Yes. So um, I think it's important for my American listeners as well to note that these policies that are there are affect. They have wide-reaching yes. um, uh, effects on other communities. Yeah. Now, since we're going to go a little bit into the abortion the, um, controversy in a sense, how do, okay, let's start with how widespread are abortions in Ghana from what you guys see? Well, for, you know, research tells there's demand, mm -hmm. there's high demand for, for safe abortion mm -hmm. services. Because we, we, we know that for in Ghana, especially for young people, the, the leading cause of death is pregnancy and childbirth-related issues. Are you issues. Yes. That's when you take young people within the ages of 15 and 19. Okay. So a young person dies, you go into it to investigate and you realize she was trying to get rid of her pregnancy. Wow. Yes. And even for older women, because... Abortion is not something that you widely talk about in a looking still, at it's the still society. Taboo. It's still taboo. Yes, you know, and a recent research tells that even older women, mm -hmm. older women, don't even know that it's legal. Mm -hmm. They don't know the legalities. Mm -hmm. They don't know whether there's anywhere they can where they put. They don't know they can easily go into a public facility to request for a safe abortion service done. So they go to other methods. So yes. So it is either they are inducing themselves oh my gosh. or they are going to quack to the quacks mm -hmm. to, to get it done. And we know the consequences of that. Yeah. Or maybe someone telling you you can mix this herb and that herb. I I read not too long ago, um, my niece was in one of, the, I won't name the school, but a popular school here in Ghana. And she was telling me that it was very common in school that yes. the girls, you know, and now we're talking about 17-year-olds, 16, 17, 18-year-olds yes. getting pregnant. And then their boyfriends bring them pills. Yes. Nobody knows what these pills were. Somebody handed them pills to take to induce an abortion and that's terrifying and they do a whole lot of crazy things oh my god some are mixing grinded bottles with sugar what? yes it's it's when you hear some of the things they use it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking because i don't know but it's a whole lot yeah it, it's it's a whole lot some are mixing coffee with sugar and some will insert things into their uterus, trying to disturb the, mm -hmm. the uterus mm -hmm. to abort. So, 
especially for young people it's alarming yeah especially for young people because they can't walk into university mm-hmm. for that and like i said nobody's expecting them to have yes. sex right so if you become pregnant then that's a whole issue on its own but statistics also tells us that especially when you come into ghana when you pick about 100 girls who handle me 32 are already mothers wow you see, and it is sad as they grow, the number that engage in sexual activities increases. increases. Exactly. So by the time maybe they are twenty, maybe around seventy of them are already sexually active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it, it's not it's, stopping in any no, way. No, and it's been proven. For example, if you just have, I think in Texas there was even um, a documentary on this. There was a community that decided they're not going to teach sexual uh, reproductive health at all, mm-hmm. no sex education. And so they only taught um, abstinence. They had high, you know, they yeah. had alarmingly high rates of teen pregnancy. Yeah. And it just, at the end of the day, sexuality is part of being a human. Mm. And I think the once we can stop looking at it as as a deterrent and actually facing the fact yeah we can deal with these situations because that's really you know scary to me that somebody young is putting god knows what in their body trying to trying to get rid of a pregnancy and dying from it definitely so so for marriage so that is what we want to at least if you should get there Mm -hmm. just get some professional advice yes on what to do than to induce yourself or go to an own professional provider to do that for you and talking about young people we want to push comprehensive sexuality education mm-hmm. into the schools yes because everyone thinks the moment you want to talk about comprehensive sexuality education or oh, you're encouraging you them are, to have, that to is have it. sex <laughs> and, and it's a very big challenge but they are doing it anyways <laughs> And we all want to play the ostrich, mm-hmm. just the to pretend nothing yes. is going on. But it is. Yeah. It is. At least if the young person has information, she knows what to do. Mm-hmm. I heard one provider shared her story about one young girl who was at the verge of being raped. Oh. So the moment the man started coming up to her, she was like, no, please use a condom. Oh, bless her. You know, yeah. but for someone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. what would she even? Yeah. So we have a whole lot of issues out there we want to tackle. Mm-hmm. So for our young people, we are really going out hard after them. We do a lot of school engagements, Good. a lot of school health talks. We want to engage young people themselves to tell us what they need. Mm-hmm. So we've had a Know Your Summit. We've had our uh, Adolescent Reproductive Health Summit and we've had our Youth Parliament all debating about sexuality issues and then even calling on government to even do more to support young people. They need to make it known it's okay to talk about this. Yes, and even come out with programs Mm -hmm. that will provide young people with information Mm -hmm. because if we don't give them the right information, whatever they hear out there is what they practice. it's... I think it's not only the young ones. I recently spoke to someone who, I think this person was almost 30. And he truly believed that 
women could not get pregnant unless they were actually sorry guys we just had a little interruption so um, as I was saying so this gentleman truly believes that women cannot get pregnant unless they sexually desire men Wow. and I said if only that was true that means there would be no rape pregnancies <laughs> if that was true but he believed this this is what he was told and he yeah. believed in this so there's so I mean at this day and age that we still don't understand how our bodies work there's a lot of education to be a done. Lot. A lot. You know, because I mean, we were talking about this on my last show about in Alabama, they just passed, um, they were passed some laws in regards to uh, basically that you couldn't have any abortions and they put the time limit at six weeks of pregnancy. But six weeks of pregnancy, that means you're two weeks late. Mm. most women don't know they are pregnant yet mm -hmm. so already you're not given the option yeah. and that's devastating okay. because that means whoever made the law doesn't even know how this works mm. they don't know when when most women find out that they are pregnant yeah. some go even longer some go four or five months before yes before they realize yes because not everyone has morning sickness not everyone yeah. throws you know yeah. the, these kind of things yeah. so there's a lot of education a lot mm. a, a, a lot and until uh, as, as a community we we come to terms with some of these things mm -hmm. it will be very difficult it'll be very difficult because People are not comfortable teaching their two-year-old kids, three, four-year-old kids that this is your penis, this is mm -hmm. your vagina. Mm -hmm. It is just too heavy to say. So you but want that me is to the best time, though. Definitely, because then it's normal. So they're like, so you really want me to tell my two-year-old? Yes. And they have all sorts of funny names for it. Oh. So I keep saying that if you should tell maybe a two-year-old your penis is your arm mm. oh lord and he goes out there <laughs> and then hear someone says this is your penis and i was like no nobody says it's my arm um, exactly and then as time goes on they get to know their real name they don't trust you their parent anymore exactly because you've not given them the right information exactly but the moment you can confidently say this is your penis this is your vagina it mm -hmm. belongs to you mm -hmm. and so and so and so anything around sexuality becomes very easy for them to talk about yes so they know that okay so it's not anything bad after all mm -hmm. because sometimes we present some of these things as something dirty uh-huh yes. so okay so i can't comfortably talk about this with mm -hmm. daddy i can't talk comfortably about this with mommy mm -hmm. so they rather want to talk about it with their friends mm -hmm. because which they the feel worst, so <laughs> which is the worst place I'm telling you and there's a lot of misinformation out there mm -hmm. you don't know we don't really know what our children are listening mm -hmm. because they are watching a whole lot of things oh yeah and until we give them the right information they will take these as the right one even elderly people you know there's this story that was shared on bbc about a Ghanaian woman mm -hmm. who has three children already who realized she was pregnant with the fourth child looking at her circumstances realized can't you just take care of this baby yeah so had to abort it by any means so here's a friend oh okay so you can visit this special clinic so she went there 
and it was she came home bleeding oh no realized she was just feeling uncomfortable started mm. smelling the odor and had to be rushed to the clinic mm. this is an elderly woman so even we have the we they have, don't know they don't know that i can walk to this facility and request for yeah. this service so it is we need to make women understand that it's the choice they have to make you see so we have a lot of people who have called their wombs perforated oh. mm-hmm. or because they did not know where where to go to go mm-hmm. i i had to go on an outreach just talk to some kids between the ages of nine and i think 16 and and they were being screened for stis actually because they've had some teenage pregnancy issues okay. and all that so they wanted me to just talk to them about sexuality mm-hmm. and all that and you know with comprehensive sexuality education you have to talk about contraceptives as well but then i felt very guilty when it got to that part because i felt these girls are just too young to know about contraception mm. so it was a difficult time for me when i came back i didn't share it with my bosses mm. i was like looking at these beautiful young faces it is very difficult to determine whether they were sexually active, active or not. Mm. So why do you want to draw their minds to contraception? But I was like, no, let me talk you about this to. anyway. You have to. And I did. And I had my choice kit with me. And I made them have a feel of even all the methods mm. that were available. Believe you me, when I was done, all the questions they asked me were around contraception. Mm-hmm. And whether it is easily accessible. Look at that. And I was like, wow. So they were already, they yes. already thinking, already started. Yes. Hmm. Yes. So that is a thing. We feel that our young people are too young to know. But they've already started. Yes. Hmm. And I was glad I did. Because if I hadn't, they wouldn't have asked me any questions. In some cases, they would ask. But talking about it now, they were talking about accessibility. Yeah. Can we assess this looking at our age? So, like I said, nobody's expecting a 10 year old to be having sex, but she's already having sex. Exactly. And we do have 10 year olds who get pregnant. So, if such a person should walk into a clinic, family planning better. Can you imagine? You can imagine <laughs> the the confusion that would yeah. break out in the facility. Absolutely. So there, if we don't have a, 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 a service provider who is trained in youth-friendly services, you can imagine what will They're happen. They're going to send them packing and cause... And the whole mm-hmm. community will hear mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. We have a long way to go. Absolutely. And I think for, for, for us at MSI, we are really doing our best to, yeah. to make sure we get information out there. No, you guys are doing a great yeah. job from the sound of it. Now, to, um, I had a question that I was asked to talk to you guys about. Recently, we celebrated World Menstruation Awareness Day. Yes. What are you guys doing? Okay. So on that day, it was lovely in the office. Okay. We had menstruation pasted everywhere. Yay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We have pictures pasted everywhere, Mm -hmm. creating the awareness Mm -hmm. that periods are normal. Periods are not an abomination. Exactly. Yes. And you know, the funny thing is, 
when any of our men walk into the office and they see the expression is like, wow, what is happening here? <laughs> you know? And then, and then someone goes like, why? Our office has been turned into a bloody office oh, because no. it was everywhere. You know, it was amazing. It was amazing. Mm. We, we just had it all over. You know, at some point, after the day, we still had the pictures around and people were asking, why would you take these things off? To no, take but people are off? so uncomfortable with yes, it. Yes, you know, but I think we, we need to do, we, we need to talk more about because it is all part of reproductive health. Definitely. You know, and I had this video, not a video, but a picture of, of a guy watching telly when it was about um, shooting and all that. So he was comfortably sitting, mm-hmm. chewing watching. his popcorn. Right. So when the channel changed to a, a part with blood, you know, then he, mm-hmm. he, then he just takes away his popcorn and then just covers his face like he doesn't want to see it right but if the blood is on any part of the body he's it's comfortable okay. with it but if it's the part nobody really wants to see it but yeah. we also need to get our men to understand that this is also part definitely of of living and it's part of life it's also part of the woman definitely. so we we need to we need to do that i know in 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 it won't be long. MSI will do a project administration. Fantastic. Yes, it won't be long because we need to really to get to the rural yes, areas yes, and everything. Yes, yes, where they use all sorts of things, and 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 some even are not able to go to school because yes. they are their periods. Yes, yes. We need to which clean. is such a shame and. I mean, part of it also comes down to cost and availability. Yeah. Because you go to the supermarket and you look for a pack of, you know, whether be it tampons or pads yeah. or even just panty liners. The cost is ridiculous. Yes. How much are people taking home to be able to buy this? Definitely. So I, as part of the celebration nationwide, I hear one of our ministers was advocating that taxes on sanitary pads should be removed. removed. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, I, I just pray that government takes that up. They need to, because it's yeah. discrimination against women. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Because <laughs> it's something we are forced to have whether we like it or not. Yeah, yeah, and for yeah. a considerable amount of years. Yes, yes. You know, depending on to your 50, 55, mm-hmm. who knows when yeah. you go into menopause. So, absolutely. So, that's, that's refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, to sort of round this all off, Eunice, if myself or somebody else wants to come be part of the Murray Stokes family not necessarily not necessarily as um, an employee but even as a volunteer are there other ways they can come yes so we do have our internship programs okay so you just have to write to us Mm -hmm. you want to do an internship with us and when and you can be a, a referral point okay for us so you hear someone say i'll become pregnant i don't want it um and you know when you you become pregnant at a time you don't want it comes with a whole lot of stress mm-hmm. so it drains you mentally at least you can always tell the person come to my source for professional advice okay. there have been people we've counseled who have walked out with their pregnancies and had their children mm-hmm. you know and there are others no matter what you see and for us there's one thing we always do you don't leave our facility without taking a contraceptive method okay so when you go into our facilities you see it boldly written when a woman comes into our facility 
for a safe abortion service, we have failed you, the woman, in the first place. Because you didn't know, you had options. Because we did not tell you about yes. family planning. Yes. And if you should come twice, we have failed you twice. Mm -hmm. So we have failed you once, we failed you twice, if you live without taking a contraceptive method. So we call it our post-abortion family planning. Mm -hmm. So as part of the counseling, you are counseled on FB as well. So the moment a procedure is that if you decide after counseling you still want to take out, you, you don't want to keep the baby, then after we make sure we give you a family planning method so you don't come the second time right. to terminate. And how can, um, we were talking about it before we started recording, but how can the government help prevent abortions besides saying, okay, no abortions are allowed? How can they realistically help? Because right now, we know women don't have the economic support to, to carry a full-term pregnancy or after the baby's here to take care of the child. Yeah. So what can they do? So we need structures to be in place. Like I said, we need, if it's an adoption, we need a structure that is running, a structure that is on its feet. So if any woman should come into our facility and you want to have a termination and through counseling. Mm -hmm. After counseling, you want to have your baby. Mm -hmm. And you said, okay, now you want me to keep this pregnancy, but I still don't want the baby. Mm -hmm. At least we can tell you, go to this agency mm -hmm. and adoption can be there. Yes. Like you can, you can ass assess these services. But if we don't have a very good structure that can take care of some of these children that are born, then of course, we wouldn't have people who still of course, yeah. engage in unsafe abortions, yes. even if they don't confidently walk in through our doors. Those who still have our unsafe abortion numbers on the rise, mm -hmm. and or we still have these, we still have a lot of cases where babies are dumped on 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 on, on the um, dumping sites mm -hmm. and even in toilets and all that. So if we don't have structures, of course, we still have all these things happening. But if we have laid down structures, if I know even if I don't want this baby, I can give it up for adoption. Right. And we have all these things in place. I am I'm sure that people will opt for this. Of course. And and they will. They will then dumping them anywhere in gutters no, and which is horrible. You know, yes, very, very horrible. Because I know recently one was left, was it in um in uh what's the name of the place on the way to um after McCarthy Hill, wager, uh, I think somebody left their baby behind, wow. at a, but luckily at a police station. So, again, and do we have these laws here where, because in the States, for example, if you give birth and you don't want to keep the baby, you can take the baby without any questions to a fire station, to a hospital, to a police station. Nobody will question you. They will just receive the baby and take you know, mm. send it to social services. Well, we do have our welfare. Mm -hmm. we, we have a welfare service. But, and even if they are, we need them to really advocate. Because people don't know some of these things exist. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult. So even if the structures are there, we need them to be up to and doing. yes. And not to change when government changes. Definitely, definitely. Because so we I have see that's our problem here. An independent body. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to education, 
when it comes to health, mm-hmm. these two things must be independent bodies. That is what I personally think. Yes. Because if they are not affected, whether this government or that government is in place, they are able to work perfectly. Absolutely. But the moment we have them changing when government changes, it, it, it brings a lot of a lot of problems. Absolutely. When this one says, okay, I don't agree with this, let's, no. let's just shut it down. So it's just yes. like when we have two elephants fighting, mm-hmm. the ground suffers. So those down there suffer yeah. because we don't have these structures working. So we need our welfare systems to work mm-hmm. and to advocate. It, of course, you still have people coming to tell you, so you are seeing this, and then it means you are pushing people to go and have sex, be pregnant, and you have people telling you this, but in spite of all, we still need our, how do you call? We still need our structures to work, absolutely, and we need them to advocate that they exist, mm-hmm. so that we can do all this. Because if you should carry any, you know, people leave these children out in the dark and all that because if I should walk to the police station. I don't want this baby yeah, because taken. because people will shame them. Nobody will take it. Yeah, yeah, and they'll also shame them. Definitely. By the time you realize you're all over social media, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, brought yeah. your baby. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to come and leave it in a black bag oh, in God. the night mm. because I don't want anybody to see me doing that. Mm-hmm. But if I know that, okay, with structures working, even if I can come to the social welfare center. They even have, I think in the States, they have these... Um, it's sort of like a box in the wall okay. that rotates. Okay. So you put the baby in, ring the bell, and then somebody on the other side will rotate and take the baby. Oh, Nobody wow. knows who did who it. Who did? Okay. You know, mm. and they don't, but you're allowed a certain amount of time legally mm. to come back and identify yourself. Yes. We need our structures to work. Mm. For me, that is it. If we don't have structures in place, We'll still be beating around the bush, oh, trying to solve problems right from the top. We need to tackle from, from the, bottom. the bottom. So that's what we need to do. Each and every one of us, right from the government institutions to private institutions, exactly. even so to local, individuals. Yeah, we all have a role to play in this, not only government. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Eunice. You and to close it out, if we want to donate to Murray Stopes, how do we do it? Just visit our website. Okay. And then. So is that mariestopes.com or dot org? Dot org. Okay. Yes, so it's mariestopes.org, everyone. Mm-hmm. Please do check them out. They yes. are doing amazing work. Yes. And I'm looking forward to coming back to talk to Eunice and sure. see what other future programs they've got in play. Yeah, a lot. So thank you very much. Thank you, too. And have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day.